Loaded Locked On Mavs today. Kirk Henderson, Bobby Corrala, Mavs.com, Mavs Moneyball, talking all about the Mavs offseason coming up next. And this is Locked On Mavericks don't believe you shouldn't be here welcome to lockdown mavs this is one of your co-hosts isaac harris contributor mavs.com nick is out on vacation but man we have two guys locked and loaded kirk anderson bobby Corrala. we'll start with kirk first because kirk kirk has a luka Doncic, tim hardaway shirt on kirk why does the shirt not have Porzingis instead of Hardaway. I, uh, somebody gave it to me, and it's a delightful gift, and we will just leave it at that. Do you own any Porzingis merchandise? I may own a Porzingis. Uh, what are those, like, the little dolls with the big fat heads? You know what I'm talking about? Like yeah, the collectible yeah. ones? Yeah, I own a okay. couple I own a couple KPs. Let's go. Um, if you are wanting to be a model for the Dallas Mavs fan shop, would you model a Porzingis jersey? That would be amazing content for everyone involved, and I would do it. <laughs> uh, Bobby Corrala, is are you like in full off season mode right now? That we are what thirty days from media day? Is that kind of true? Yeah. So Tim Hardaway and Luca have spent the last like few weeks in Greece. Um, I spent the last few days in Rowlett. So pretty much the same. We're both in full <laughs> vacation mode. Um, Isaac, I'm just really excited to be with you today. Because together, we are going to, um, I guess, integrate Kirk into Mav State Media. So he's, <laughs> he's about to be one of us. I'm, I'm just really excited. Well, guys, guys, happy uh, Mike Breen Double Bang Anniversary Day. I've, I've been having a real delightful day watching, you know, Luca hit the Game 4 shot last year. Even though I cannot believe it was last year. It feels like it was much longer ago. But it's, it's been a nice day of Mavs memories. I rewatched that highlight this morning and I watched it the first time. I'm like, man, that was just, it's crazy watching it back. And then I watched it again. And then I watched it again. And I just want to, I was like watching different reactions and players on the court. Then I watched Reggie Jackson for like two straight plays on it. I'm like, man, you really thought you had a chance in that. And it was just, it's wild because the bubble in a way feels like it was so long mm -hmm. ago, but it was also yet. It feels like it was yesterday. Where, where were you all watching it when that shot went down? I was in my basement, and it was the second <laughs> game my four-year-old son had ever watched. And when the shot went in, my wife and I both screamed and jumped up from the couch. And he started sobbing uncontrollably because he thought he was in trouble. Um, <laughs> and then after that, we went outside and immediately started shooting baskets. So it's like, I'm going to remember that game probably for the rest of my life. Cause he was like, I want to go play basketball after watching that game. So I was sitting on my couch, um, earlier that day I'd called my dad and I was like, they're probably going to lose by like 30 today, you know, because I was KP's first game without playing and, you know, they lost game three pretty bad. So uh, I, I had very low expectations, and sure enough, they were down like 25 at half or whatever it was. And I was like, yeah, this season's over, series is over, this sucks so bad. And then Luca happened, and it was awesome. And like Kirk, I screamed. Um, I think I was watching it on a um, through a means that I, I can't talk about. So I was about like <laughs> two and a half minutes behind real time. 
Uh, and luckily, I had Twitter like open in a different tab, like a different everything. Like I, I couldn't see it. Otherwise, it totally would have been spoiled for me. So a very good reminder. Don't have Twitter open while you're watching the game because usually someone's going to see it before you do. That That's a very accurate statement. Twitter is fun, but it also ruins, enhances stuff sometimes at the same it's time. It's great during commercial breaks. Yeah, uh, well, one thing that I saw today as I was watching all the replays that you guys were talking about, I had never seen what Doc Rivers did after Luka made the shot. So Doc kind of like – you can see him kind of be like uh, – as, as Lucas shoots and then he sort of like turns to walk off the court while it's still in the air and then as soon as it goes through the hoop he just like takes off and goes to the locker room that's incredible. I was like dude I mean that guy has seen a whole lot of basketball in his life I mean I, it almost felt like he knew what was going to happen this podcast is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them that Locked On sent you. Okay, we're going to talk about the Mavs offseason because what a combination. We have Kirk Henderson, Mavs Moneyball, blogger, the what what's your like official Mavs Twitter title? Are you malcontent? A- I don't know. I've been I've, I, a lot of the heat, a lot of the wrestling heat I've gotten this year, I think is more built up from previous years because I've been I've been like I the off season I uh I was okay. Do you I, enjoy I, being a Mavs fan? Yeah, I really do. <laughs> I really do. But that's where but but realistically, that's that's where your your passion comes from. The, yeah, oh yeah. You you cover the team. You just moved back to Dallas. You love the Mavs, and that's where a lot of the passion is. Kind of like the foundation of it is because you do do love being a Mavs fan. Oh sure. I mean, you remember one of the the challenging parts about anything competitive is sometimes you remember the heartbreaks more than the victories. Yeah. Uh, and and you know, being a Mavs fan for for you know during Dirk's time period, so many triumphs, but then really just just enough like kicks to the shin like i still remember where i was standing when calvin booth made made his game winner in my house but i also i also remember the comeback in los angeles uh where the lakers came back and beat the mavs when the mavs were up like 29 entering the fourth quarter and then i had to go to school the next day and you know because everybody was a kobe fan back in those days just the worst kind of people um but you know, I, I really, I really do lo- like. I love the team in a very uh, uh, demanding way. How about that? Yeah, no, that's good. And on the other end of the spectrum, Bobby Corral at Mavs.com, team employee. I don't know. Does anyone ever t- point that out that you're a team employee? Never, never. Okay. Really. A lot of people forget it. Um, yeah, and kind of. I mean, I guess I'm sort of like. I wouldn't want to say the opposite of Kirk. Um, because that would imply that there's like a spectrum. I really don't think there is a spectrum. No, but no, no. Yeah, I mean, it's just kind of like I'm like, uh, you know, my whole bit is basketball is fun. Enjoy mm-hmm. it. Like it's yeah. just, you know, this is for fun. Uh, but also there's a whole lot at stake. And as someone who remembers exactly how all of my text and AOL conversations went whenever the Mavs lost in 2006 and 2007 <laughs> and 2011, you know, I've been there and I've lived it uh, for a very, very long time. So uh, I, I just kind of always try and remind myself and remind everybody else sort of by proxy that uh, it's a long season. It's a long career. There's a whole lot of bad stuff that's going to happen that doesn't really seem to make sense at the time. Um, so, you know, don't get beat up about it. But that's sort of I understand why a lot of people think would think that that's boring because like it is fun to just stay on the roller coaster, you know, yeah. and it is it is a six month marathon. 
And if you try and just talk away every loss, like, yeah, you know, fifth game in seven days, then it sort of sucks the fun out of the wins too. So I get it. I get it. I get the whole thing. But, um, but yeah, Kirk and I, despite our many Twitter tiffs, uh, are actually we're, – we're pretty close, you and I. We used to work together. Like we were on <laughs> yeah. MavsOutsiders.com. In the earliest days, literally like, like before yes. the internet existed, we were working together, like back yeah. prehistoric era. No, it's, the, it's, it's, it's challenging because I think the last two years of two seasons, so I guess, you know, the 1920 then split in half and then to this last season all crammed together – there's just been so much basketball and and really not enough time to decompress. I remember at the end of one of y'all shows, Bobby, like Skin had a, a brief bit where he's just like, like, we got to kind of take it down a notch, like the collective group. And I, I listen and I, I, you know, I, I really kind of have attempted to sort of take that to heart sometimes um, because it, it, it really isn't, it really isn't worth like, like talking about stuff all the time. Like, you know, just just like baseball, there's always another game tomorrow. But you really do, really do kind of. I I think that that me in particular, as I get older, I'm trying to enjoy the wins and the little things a, a lot more than harping on the grumpy stuff. It doesn't always work. I mean, I think part of my my bit this off season has been because I moved during the off season. I didn't have my normal. Uh, what do we want to call it? Reckless enthusiasm. And I'm just like, oh, it's fine. Which is kind of how I felt about my move where it's like, I just get everything in the house and I just kind of wanted to get it over with. Yeah. It's nice to have some time off, even yes. though it's only two months because there hasn't been a lot of time off recently. So, Okay. Coming up after the break, we're going to hear about Kirk Henderson's opinions on the Mavs corporate sponsorships. So let's take one break and then we'll be right back. Okay, guys, we have to talk about it. It's never fun to talk about, but you you have to talk about it because sweating, it's just part of life. Sweating when you are working out, that's that's one thing, but when you are working or maybe when you go on a date night, you don't want to worry about sweating, and this is where sweat block comes into play. It's doctor-created, doctor-recommended. It works up for up to seven days per use. Seven days. Not the not the ring, like creepy movie, the ring, seven days. But it's seven days per use. Dry shirt guarantee. If sweat block doesn't keep you dry, get your money back. It's featured and tested on the Rachel Ray Show. Let's go by firefighters. Bestseller on Amazon for the past 10 years. Over 13,000 reviews manufactured in the USA. If you want to wear what you want to wear and walk out of your door with confidence that you won't be sweating in your armpits, get 20% off at sweatblock.com with promo code locked on. I also have to tell you about Bet Online AG. It's the time for the NFL. If you're like me, you love the NBA, but you're also playing fantasy football. And Bet Online is the place to be. See, Nick's not here, and I can just rhyme all of it and be super corny because I can make dad jokes but as uh, as always bet online that's the place you want to be for all of your betting get all updated odds props contests including online's biggest half million dollar nfl mega contest and the world's largest two hundred thousand dollar nfl survivor contest open now at bet online head to the website use your mobile device sign up today to receive your 100 welcome bonus football basketball boxing right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Do you want to be like Bob Balgaris? Here you go. Bet online, AG, your online sportsbooks experts, promo code locked on. I'm just kidding. We're not talking about corporate sponsorships, but let's play a game. Fill in the blank. The Mavs, 
offseason, the grade that you would give for the Mavs offseason so far is blank. Kirk, you go first. I'd give it a B. Ooh, let's go. Bobby? Uh, I would say incomplete. If it ended today, probably yeah. closer to Kirk. Yeah, B. I mean, made some improvements, uh, still have some holes, but there's still time. And if any of the reports are true, I think they're going to do at least a little something, something before the season starts. Yeah. So on yesterday's pod, we had Howard Beck from Sports Illustrated, and he kind of echoed the same sentiment of saying, hey, the Mavericks went into the offseason. It was very clear that they wanted uh, another creator, another source of offense on the team. They hadn't got you know, haven't got that at this point as far as a new addition to the team. And he just said, hey, the offseason's not over. And, you know, we just saw, saw the Clippers go out and get Eric Bledsoe. And it's like, okay, well, that just came, you know, I say out of nowhere, but it just shows us that there are still deals out you know, deals out there that could happen, you know, any week, any day. And, I mean, media day is coming up in a month from now. But Yeah, so the, the thing about – it just feels like free agency happens a lot faster now. Mm-hmm. Like I'm remembering back to, and you know, this move is not quite as large as what some people are hoping the Mavs will do in the next couple of weeks, but I'm pretty sure the Mavs got Monte like in late July and the following season, they got Al Farouk Aminu. I want to say like in August mm-hmm. and that was when free agency happened on July 1st. And it just feels like now every, and Aminu was signed for the minimum. So it's kind of a different deal than, you know, someone signed for the mid-level or a, a big trade or something, but like, just feels like everything that happens in free agency now happens in the first like day or two. Yeah. Whereas before it was really, I mean, it was like a whole, it was like a month and a half deal to to finalize rosters. Because well, that those first few hours of free agency, that's when all the deals happen. Because you know, no deals can happen before it. No deals are even talked about before. Yeah, it's a lot of it's a lot of texting really quickly. <laughs> yeah, super, super quick. Okay, next question. The Reggie Bullock signing, the Reggie Bullock was a blank signing. Bobby, you go first. Um, solid. This is yeah. a solid player, solid defender, really good shooter. Um, they need a guy that can shoot and defend. You know, they have a couple of them, but they don't have six of them. And, you know, I feel like they got Sterling Brown too, who sort of fits in that uh, mold as well. But yeah, I mean, Reggie Bullock can play against the Clippers. He can play in the playoffs and he can hit open threes and he can guard twos and threes. So yeah, I mean, just real solid player at a solid price. Yeah. He took my word and now I can't think of one to fit oh, in. Come on, Kirk, you're a writer. No. Am I? <sighs> and you write things. And judging, by the com- judging by the comments at Mavs Moneyball, sometimes I'm not a writer. Um, I, I, I'm pleased with the signing I, I i think about this jonathan charks all of our mutual friend he wrote an article like 15 games into the 1920 season about how the insertion of tim hardaway jr kind of unlocked the mavericks offense and with respect to to the departed and recently re-upped josh richardson playing bullock and hardaway if they're able to play at the same time with luca along with chris Dapps, porzingis you know, you could add me in there as the fifth guy. There's going to be an ocean to drive through, and the offense, the the so much so much of the offense is predicated on that space, and the difference going between a thirty percent three point shooter in Richardson and a forty percent three point shooter in Bullock is pretty. That's that's going to be remarkable. I I can't wait for the fireworks. I. The, the defensive stuff is, is frankly, a bonus to a degree. I, I really loved the game where he challenged and really Luka 
destroyed him. But the fact that he had kind of the the you know the willingness to go at Luca, the being that point of attack defender, I, I I'm looking forward to seeing how the Mavericks use him because I, I think it's the kind of deal uh, that we're going to look back on and just say you know this is the this is the kind of signing that that moves them you know moves the ball down the field. And you have Dorian too, and I, I don't know if they all play those five mm-hmm. all play together. But I mean, that's like that's four plus shooters that Luca can mm-hmm. find, you know. And Porzingis isn't necessarily shooting forty percent. I don't know if Dorian was at forty last year. I think he dipped below, like right at the end of the right year. Right at the end. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he's a, he's been a good corner three point shooter two years in a row. Hardaway's good basically from anywhere, and Bullock is just a dead eye from the corner. And so like you 50%. can space the floor super super well. And you know, I, I don't know what they're gonna do. Like, is, are they using KP as a fulcrum? Is he gonna be a pick and pop guy? But he's gonna have a lot of space to roll or pop. You can play Luca out of the post and have a bunch of shooters for him to pick. So I, I, yeah, I mean, you can't you can't leave anybody open. And also, you know, Richardson was not only a thirty percent three point shooter, but it was on extremely low volume too. I mean, mm-hmm. he just couldn't he couldn't get the shot off quick enough to take advantage of open space. He had a kind of a slow release. Bullock is like ready, so he could play the same number of minutes as Josh and take like double the uh, the attempts and hit. 10 or maybe even like 15% more of them, depending on where he's standing on the floor. So, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's like a, it's going to be a totally different. He's not quite Seth Curry, but he is near, he's like much closer to Seth than to Richardson. So that, if if that kind of can recalibrate what you think of the offense. Yeah. I'd say Seth probably has a little bit more playmaking in him and, but Bullock has a little bit more defense in him. I'd say a lot more defense in him, but no disrespect to Seth. He's a big guy. He's a yeah. big guy. Like it's it's I know he's kind of a, like a, a two guard, I guess, but being six five, like Seth Seth Curry was in the range of Bobby and I's height. Um it, it's yeah. just a different and it's a different deal. I don't think he was as tall as me. Yeah. Honestly. And that, that's the and that's just the you know, that teams target that. And and if you have one less guy that they can go at on defense or at least go at consistently, it changes changes the math over the course of you know a game, let alone a season. Yeah, it gives them, I think flexibility is where I would land on because it's like, I, I don't know if, and this is my next question for you guys, so spoiler of who the who you think the starters are opening night, but I, didn't, I, I don't know if Reggie Bullock starts or not, but I think he'll close a lot of games because mm-hmm. I think we'll see KP at the five so much and being able to roll out Luca, Tim, Dorian, Reggie together, it's like you have, it's a lot of interchangeable guys there. So, so next question. The starters to begin opening night next season are. I mean, obviously Luca Porzingis, and now Hardaway. Hopefully for for the long haul. I know he's happy. He talked about on the JJ Redick podcast how he's content with either, which I think is the mark of a, a heck of a player. But hopefully Tim starts. I think Dorian Finney-Smith has to start as well, um, and then Bullock. I, I do think you could make kind of an argument in between Powell. Or, or or Dorian, but to me, it's it, it maybe it's a little bit matchup dependent. Um, I'd be I, I would prefer the Mavericks force teams to match up with them rather than mm-hmm. vice versa. But you know, I'm not a coach. What do I know? <laughs> well, their first game is against Atlanta, and John Collins is kind of a weird matchup for Dorian because he's a little bigger. It's obviously an impossible matchup for KP because of how quick he is. Yep. And so maybe it's Maxi. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I think I'm with you, Kirk. I think they're going to use a lot of matchup dependent lineups. Um, I think Dwight in theory could maybe 
try and work on Collins, he at least can't post him up. And I don't think Collins likes facing up and driving as much as he does, like either backing down or sort of like catch and shoot kind of thing, rolling to the basket a little bit. So, I mean, I don't know. Um, maybe it's Maxi, maybe maybe Dorian, maybe Bullock. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Yeah. If hey Isaac, if if you can only start two of Hardaway, Finney Smith, and Bullock, and the third comes off the bench, even if they play similar minutes, who are you starting and who are you coming? Who are you bringing off the bench? I am starting Tim and Reggie Bullock. Yeah, I, I guess it would kind of. I'll do the. Uh, I'll push back a little, or I'll yeah give a caveat of saying it depends on the matchup too. I think. I think if you, I would take Reggie Bullock defending maybe a Damian Lillard type over maybe Dorian. But if you're needing another guy out there to guard a Kawhi or Paul George, I would say hey, let's throw Dorian out there. A little you know a little bit bigger. Dorian's what six eight. Somewhere through there, yeah. Um, so a little bit bigger in Bullock, but it's never. I mean, it's a good problem to have. Like we we always joke on here that you can never have enough six six to six nine guys on your roster, and here you go. So okay, let's take another quick break, and then coming back, I want to ask uh, Bobby and Kirk about two new additions to the Mavs so far with the last same last name in Brown. Guys, let me tell you about Rock Auto. It feels like there are a million makes and models of cars out there. Literally, there's a, probably a million different types of cars out there. And the last thing I want to do, and the last thing I think you guys want to do, especially with busy schedules, is try to track down individual shops to go to and take your car and scheduling and all of that. So why not use Rock Auto? Rock Auto is the perfect solution for your car parts at the tip of your fingers. Why choose to spend 30%, 50%, even 100% more for the same parts from your chain store or car dealership? Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything you need, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, uh, even new carpet in cars. This is the place, Rock Auto. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com. The player with the last name Brown that you are most excited about for the Mavs next season Let's just assume they're on the roster on night one. Who is it? I think Moses has the superior name, but I think I'm more excited just sort of um, philosophically for Sterling Brown, 6'4", six, 6'5", six, guard, kind of a – I guess more of a two-guard really, not even a combo guard, but can defend some ones, but a lot of twos and threes, even some fours. I mean, he's not quite Marcus Smart like thick, but he's just a really big dude. Um and they haven't had, I mean, we just got done talking about the the problem of if you can only start two of those wings and not all three, then who do you start? Uh, but Sterling is another one of those guys that can sort of be that 3 and D type of guy. Over the last few years, they've only had one or two of them. And now if you consider Maxi Kleba a 3 and D wing, and there's kind of more of a big, um, that's a whole lot of shooting kind of switchable defenders uh, to put out there. So I think... I'm more excited to see Sterling. I'm not sure, like, who is the best type of player for him to guard. Like, can he hang around with Paul George or Kawhi in a playoff series? Like, maybe, maybe not. But he can at least do it for a little bit, for sure. Yeah. Uh, gives you a little different look. And uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm more excited about Sterling. 
What about yeah, you? I am too. I am too because I, I, I'm pretty sure he has a pre-existing relationship with Jason Kidd going back to his rookie year mm-hmm. um, in Brooklyn, and I think that Milwaukee, Milwaukee, uh, Milwaukee. Sorry, that, that's, that's in you guys of, too, right? Well, actually, Kirk. No, well, you know, it's 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 August. Well, uh, it, it's I think that sort of like pre-existing relationship with the coach can be helpful just in terms of establishing trust quicker. I mean, if you're looking at the the roster, just having that sort of depth and going to another guy that could do something on defense is an element the Mavericks have lacked. Um, he also seems to be a pretty good shooter, though, on far far less volume. Um, I mean, Moses Brown is interesting. He he, I think some of our fans um, are some of our fans really love counting stats, and I I just. I don't know what you can take away from his his time at Oklahoma City other than the fact that he got to play a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, he has really nice counting stats, but they like they were trying to lose. So what like what do you what, what do you get out of that time there? Now, I really love pairing any big man with Luca because Luca. I mean, he taught Willie how to catch lobs last year. I mean, Willie was finishing dunks like he was he was finishing dunks like two out of every three, which is bad. And by the end of the year. Like Willie was really good on 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 like lobbing and rolling to the rim. So it's like what what happens if you pair like a really solid playmaker with a a moldable big? That's interesting to me. But the, of the two, it's got to be Sterling. I think people underestimate how easy it is to, or I guess overestimate how easy it is to be a really good role man. You got to get the rhythm down and everything. It's yeah. it's tough. Um, but then also too, I mean, I think the reality that everybody needs to accept, and this goes for judgments of like KP too. As long as Luke is on this team, he's going to probably be the leading rebounder. Like, they want him to get the ball and be able to get the rebound, see the floor immediately, find guys streaking on the floor, or get right into the offense, whatever. If your big man gets the rebound and then he has to find the outlet, man, that's like one or two seconds off the shot clock that you're wasting for, like, no reason. So Luca is probably going to always be the guy that gets the most boards. Uh, big men, like the, the true centers – Gonna have to get a lot of offensive rebounds to be to beef up those numbers. I think. Do we the amount of centers on the roster right now? Uh, do we need to add a, another seven footer to the team? Yeah. Okay. I just want to make sure we are all in agreement. Dude, on that. So, uh, what year was it where they had all the centers to guard Shaq? Two thousand, two thousand one, where it's like you go look at the the basketball reference page and there's like seven dudes that are six eleven or taller because Cuban just wanted to throw like forty two fouls at Shaq. Dude, the great like Evan Eshmeyer, yeah, Evan Allen Henderson, Danny Fortson, let's get them all. <laughs> okay, the biggest question. About the Mavs next season is blank. This is I think great Bobby audio. went first. Bobby went first and said Sterling. So I'll go with with Kirk, unless y'all want me to go. For me, right now, the biggest question is: Does Kristaps Porzingis regain enough trust in his lower body to move more, both on defense and offense? Um, I was talking to uh, one of you know the various basketball doctors out there, actual physical therapist, who said with like the combination of leg injuries, it doesn't surprise him at all that it might take Kristaps a full season to really regain that trust because he had just come off an ACL tear and meniscus tears, as we've seen with like Jaron Jackson Jr., are really like kind of debilitating. And you know, Porzingis obviously wants to play. He battles through a lot of stuff, and and protecting him against his body is 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 hard to do. And I, I'm curious with a, a healthy offseason and time to just build strength and confidence in himself, 
if he can regain some of the form that he had in spots last year, but then going back to the bubble where he looked like a top 25 NBA player. Hmm. Yeah, I kind of agree with you, Kirk. Um, last year, Isaac, I think you asked me the same question or we were doing it on a different show or something. And um, I said, like, in 2019-20, every single Mavs player had a career high basically in every single stat, like efficiency-wise. Yep. And last season, and like what happens if they can't repeat that? And last season, almost all of them got even better. So by now, I'm just convinced that like if you play with Luca, you're going to hit a lot of shots. But if they're going to like take the next step, then yeah, it does come down to KP. Is KP bubble KP? Is he like early 2020 KP whenever he was really dominating, like in that February to March run before the the stoppage? Um, or is he going to be, you know, the KP that last year he was fine, you know, 20 points, nine rebounds, really good, pretty good efficiency, uh, career high effective field goal percentage, I think. But, you know, the defensive end, he just was not as impactful as he was nightly, uh, in 2019-20. So, you know, can he be not just good, but like great, um, nine out of 10 nights. And if he is, then I think they're really, really good. And if he's more of like last year's version of KP, then I think it's going to be like potential play in sort of dodging. Wonders though, Bobby. Like and and you know, rare optimism. I'm I've saved it for for locked on Mavericks. Um, we just part, we bring it. Mav State Media brings it out of you. Part part of me wonders if you just have to throw the entirety of post All Star break out last year because between COVID and the uh, the games that had to be rescheduled due to the weather, the Mavericks played basketball almost more than every other night um and yeah when no they did and if you're going you know the nba had been big prior to COVID 19 into getting got teams to play mainly three times a week they want them to play three times a week and when you're playing four and five times a week and i'm sure the mavericks have a medical plan with kp you know, you're just doing your best it's it's like triage constantly like where he wants to play you want him to play but you don't want him to get hurt and you can't ever he could never build a rhythm his game log was kind of a mess in that respect so, you know, the optimistic take is what if, if he's able in, uh, to play 60 games next year? I think that is an overwhelming success because, you know, with, with his body type and kind of data going back for guys that are over seven foot one, past their sixth season, most guys don't play more than 60% of their games. So we kind of have to establish a baseline for him. And, and finishing the season healthy, I think, is, is really positive. And, and there's, you know, there, I don't want to say the only way to go is up because he had his most efficient season <laughs> of his career last year, but there's, there's just room for marginal improvements that I think could, you know, building up the Mavericks to where they could become, you know, they go from the fifth seed to the, to, to something more. It's kind of the shift between like, can he be instead of someone that you just give the ball to and like he hits open shots, can he be someone that you play through? And that's sort of this different kind of elevated level of responsibility that can unlock, take stuff off of Luca's plate, unlock different options for him and for the offense. So my, my um, second biggest question, though, is will he dribble right? That is that is my second. If if you could work on that, just go to the right, right-handed player. I mean, so a lot of times it depends on like he'll pump fake from the top of the arc. Maybe it's just more like Dirk was more comfortable going left, which was is really weird, up. but it's true. Mm -hmm. I mean, I. I don't know. Maybe he just watches too much Dirk film. Which, you know, I think we can forgive him if that's the case. I like I, going left. I mean, I, I suck going both directions, but I, I like going left because of Dirk. Kirk, I feel like we've, like, did a 180. And you and KP 
I feel like we just witnessed the moment that you bragged on KP. Or well, not really well, bragged. No, but... it, well, it's oh, funny because no, on our podcast, on the Mads Moneyball podcast, Josh is usually the voice of like calmness. And maybe it's because he has an infant, because, but he's kind of like cranky now all the time. And I'm just kind of like, hey, this is fine. Let's go get the third seed, you know? Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, this is next question. The, the, the Mavs will finish blank next season. All right, let me go because Kirk, you made Kirk go first last time. Um, I think they're going to avoid the play-in. The question of can they be top four will come down to two things. One, how long is Jamal Murray out and what does he look like when he comes back? And two, are the Lakers able to like – like exist and survive um the Mavs have a relatively friendly schedule only 12 back-to-backs I don't know how many five and sevens they have but it's not many if any um don't have too many terrible road trips only have a couple stretches where it's like three or four really tough games in a row so pretty favorable schedule in my opinion and um I think that they're going to be I think they're going to be good I think they're going to be pretty hungry so I could I could talk myself into top four if Denver and LA aren't like 100% all the way, and if they are, then five, six, seven, somewhere in there is probably uh, realistic. But optimistically, even if those teams are good, I think the Mavs could be better than them. So top four is not out of reach. That's what I would. That's what I would say right now. Let's go. Yeah, I'm in the three, four, five range. I, I think the 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 sec. The secondary key is someone or the entire coaching staff getting through to the star player that there cannot be nights taken off. Yeah. Uh, they won two-thirds of their games after the All-Star break. They, they were, Mavericks won an incredible percentage of games. And the, the crazy part is they left a lot on the table. Um, and, and that was in no small part to where there were games where Luka – was not as good as he is capable of playing. One thing that I think the playoffs and the Olympics has shown to us is that when he is locked in, he is a one-of-one player, I would argue probably the best skill-wise player in the world right now. And if he could do that over an 82-game season, he would be the MVP. It's just a matter of that level of commitment, and I think it's it's hard to do. I mean, the season is grueling, and we just watch it, so I can't imagine actually playing it. Yeah, I mean, it's tough to do it 82 games, but like even Dirk, you know, Dirk had a lot of off nights. But the difference is if you can't hit any threes, if you're not getting any calls, like can you still keep the intensity high, uh-huh. you know? And and I feel like Luca, being a really young guy and, you know, he's a really emotional guy, sometimes falls victim to like if he's just having a rough night, then he just starts, you know, he just kind of gets in his own head a little bit, maybe takes his foot off the gas. Um and that has an adverse effect on on everybody. That he's under a lot of pressure. I mean, it's I don't envy him. I'm just in awe of him all the time. But yeah, that's like that's the his final stage. I think as a player is how many times in the last ten years have you seen LeBron take a night off? You know, like it almost never. And when he's on the floor, like when he's playing the game, he's like going hard the whole time. He's not going to score a lot sometimes. You know, sometimes he'll shoot like crap, but like he is there, and you know he's there every single time he ever steps foot on the floor. And that's like, Luka can get to that level and and it doesn't matter. Like nothing else matters. They're going to be 55 wins for the rest of his life. Well, according to your schedule release video for the, for the Mavs, the <laughs> Lakers are the losers. So they will that's have a three wins, record. baby. Three wins. 
was was that video uh, as enjoyable to film as it was to watch oh it was even better it was even better i was really nervous because we didn't know any of these kids it was just there was a a a theater camp going on in grapevine and uh we just kind of hit them up like hey can we come out there one day and just work with some of the kids and um you know maybe they they like basketball or whatever they're like yeah sure sat down with them and they were like cracking me up the whole time and then we finally started rolling and they just kept it coming kept it coming there's a lot of outtakes hopefully we're able to put together some uh some packages of, of of what was left on the cutting room floor because they just had some they had some zingers it was awesome wow i thoroughly enjoyed it it was adorable okay last few questions they're smaller ones they could be more rapid fire watching slovenia play this summer was blank just incredible i i i enjoyed every minute of olympic basketball i love the rule changes I also liked watching Slovenia because with respect to the talent level, I mean, Dallas has more people than the country of Slovenia and they fielded a team which got to the very end. And I, I just watching Luca play was so much fun. I, that's why I, I wanted to, the offensive question you asked was intriguing because I think Luca just loves getting it going with his teammates. Like the, mm-hmm. that one game, he had, like, I think he had 18 assists at one point in a 40 minute game. That's insane. Yeah, it was a treat. Six games, I think five techs, uh, triple double, 18 assist game, uh, 48 points, whatever it was. I mean, the dude is just unbelievable. And and they have a lot of likable players too. Jakob Lazic, I really like him. Obviously, Mike Toby. Like, I, I really, really, really need to have like six beers with him. Um, I love uh, D- uh, was, uh, Demitz, big center. Mm-hmm. Love oh, that guy. Bench? What? Did he come off the bench? Yeah, I think like Zaga Demitz, I think is his name or something. I don't know. Love that guy. Yeah, just it's an awesome team. Awesome team. It was a lot of fun. I know. I felt like I felt like the the fan base kind of adopted so many of us for that whole week, and I was super hyped. To I just didn't want it to end. It was so much fun to watch and seeing Luca, seeing Luca happy. It makes me happy. It makes us happy. So uh, it it was cool seeing it in action. Ziga Demons, that's his name. Sorry, bud. Sorry. Also, they, don't they have a younger? I think Kirk, you might have retweeted this highlight clip the other day. Don't they have a younger mm-hmm. player coming up? Uh, an under sixteen player who I think is also he might also be signed with Real Madrid, who oh. has a floater game that is out of this world. Is it better uh, than Justin Jackson? <laughs> no, of course not. <laughs> no comment. Um, it, it's it's just remarkable that this level of, of athletic talent is coming out of a country this small. That's so cool. Okay, best queso in Dallas is two seed. The what? And the second round. <laughs> I think you, I think you misunderstood the question. Wait, what? Did, what? Oh, wait, Bobby, how did you take my question? Well, at first I thought you said best case. That's what I heard, and then I heard the O. Oh. And I immediately thought chilies, but obviously, you know, um, best queso yeah. in Dallas. <laughs> Man, um, that's, a hard, that's a harder question. You said two seat, and I was like, dang it, this is a restaurant I haven't been to. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, I like, dude, Macero has really good queso. Um, I really like, um, well, I just like going to – it's not Takas Mariachi now. It reopened to something else. I, I don't remember what it's called, but it's right next to where old Takas Mariachi was. Um, 
I don't. It's really hard. It's like choosing your favorite child. Yeah, I'm I mean, not had a bad. I've not had a bad one yet. Is the thing like I'm not. You know, I've been to Velvet Taco once. I've been to Torchies like three times, and my son, who doesn't like like he's really picky, but he'll eat like he'll just eat that Torchies stuff with a spoon. He's, Kirk, he's, we he gotta get you to some of the taquerias downtown. It's yeah. You're you're about to you're stepping into a, a very beautiful world. I'm very I, happy that you moved. I'm here. really excited to get really fat. It's gonna be great. <laughs> now, Isaac, Kirk, what's what's your what's your number one spot? Uh, well, I mean, you might just say you might make fun of me, but I really do like Torchy's queso. It's <laughs> no, Torchy's good. It's, it's good. some of the best. Sometimes I'll just. Uh, I'll stop by after work and just grab chips and queso on the way home for the family and fix the food at home, and it's good. Yeah, I mean you can't go wrong. There's so many, there's so many good tacos, so many good queso. Oh my god, <laughs> this place! I love this city so much. Well, Kirk, you're now you're not just the guy with eleven thousand followers from DC. You're <laughs> the guy with eleven thousand followers from Dallas now. So welcome, welcome back. Right, you used to live here. I did. So welcome back. But also, I want to give a shout out to Kirk, too, for setting up a GoFundMe for our friend, our friend, friendathan, <laughs> our friend, Jonathan Charks. The last time all three of us were together in the same place, we were at the pub McKinney in McKinney, Texas, as we did a uh, Mavs hangout with uh, Mavs fans talking everything about the Mavs in the offseason. Be kind of I'm trying to think back to those conversations then if anything's changed since then. Any predictions? But. It was the day that the Mavs traded for Moses Brown, so big mm-hmm. day. Um, I want to echo Isaac's thanks, Kirk. Thank you a lot for doing that, and to Josh as well, and the whole Mavs Moneyball crew and the Mavs community and everybody for for coming together and donating. And also, Isaac, uh, thank you for promoting it a lot on the show and for going and uh, for getting on the mic for a little bit too. So uh, thank you, thank you both for uh, you know making a big positive impact in, in John's life. Yeah, heck um, yeah. I was glad to do it. John's a great guy. It wasn't really me. Uh, it was mainly the internet. Um, one of the nice parts about not being in Dallas for a while, though, is I didn't meet a lot of outside of Dallas people. And the funny thing about Sharks is, and he got a real kick out of this, is like people just love him, and it's primarily because he's never around. Like he's not online, so they kind of, <laughs> they they kind of, you know, they they think he's this guy. Which the one the best part about Sharks is he is the guy you think he is. Like he's a great dude. Yeah. So even if I, I occasionally sass him for his basketball takes, um, he saves his red hottest takes for the press box. So incredible yes. stuff. Yeah. He, he anybody that thinks I'm wild, that man has some basketball opinions that will blow people's mind that he just doesn't publish. Yes, <laughs> we we no. sharpened each other's mind like a, like a sword <laughs> of the whetstone up there. We it was it was no holds barred for like three years there in the in the mid two thousands. Hey, I, I sat with him during this playoff series against the Clippers and for those home <laughs> games. We sat right next to each other, and we were just firing off stuff left and right. Um, probably some comments about a Mavs uh, a coaching member that's not with the team anymore, but you know what? There's It's a new new stage. And, a lot of them to choose from, Isaac. A lot of them to choose from. <laughs> a lot uh, of them to every choose single from. one of those games, John arrived and would talk to me on the way to his seat, and I'm just brimming with optimism for the, the Mavs victory that's about to unfold. And then by the end, you know, the fourth quarter, I'm like stumbling over to you guys like a drunk, like, what is going <laughs> on out there? It was uh, those those were fun times, but they were they could have been way more fun. The days of uh, leaving the press box after a bad loss, and then we're like, well, Mavs Twitter is gonna be fun tonight, and uh, here we go, 
And were you there for the Golden State game? Because that was yeah. like an all-time yes. experience. And was that the was that when Luca stuck around? And no, that was after Charlotte, right? Yeah, that was the well. That Charlotte was peak too. That was actually really funny. Uh, but the Golden State one was peak internet, peak Mavs, tsunami poppies dropping a forty piece. That was like one of my favorite nights I think of my life. It was just <laughs> so funny. It, it was amazing. God, it was amazing. Um, so the GoFundMe right now for Sharks is over fifty thousand wow. dollars, which is so so cool. Going to John, Melissa, and the fam. If you guys want to donate to that, give to that, you can just go to GoFundMe.com, search Jonathan Sharks' name, and then bam, it will be there. You might be able to search Kirk Henderson's name too, so it could pop up at the same time. But Is your GoFundMe name Serious Face or is it Kirk No, nah, I just I did it. I learned a lot about GoFundMe during the process, and they do not mess around. <laughs> they're a legit organization where they're like, this money is not for you. We need to talk to the person that you signed up for. Can you at least upload the, the, the dog picture as your Avi, or is it a picture of your face? It's just a picture of my face. I mean, the thing, that I, did, the thing that I did in retrospect that I shouldn't have done is I accidentally picked a a, a photo of Charks that looks like that LeBron photo where he's got his arm back and he's like, and I'm like, this is a terrible photo for a cancer fundraiser. Why did I pick that photo? Why is he only on page three of that book? <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm going to text him tonight and be like, Hey, you got to listen to the last like 10 minutes of today's pod. <laughs> All like, right, guys. Podcast? I don't even know what that is. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you to Kirk. You can follow Kirk, uh, which, I mean, y'all are following Kirk already. If you're a Mavs fan, Kirk, serious face, Mavs Moneyball, tweeting through every game, sharing all the hot takes about the Mavs season and all the games. Follow And do you have a regular schedule for your pod? Or is it just whenever During you the it? season, I'm much more consistent. Um, I love it. Po- it's every post game, right? Yeah, it's 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 every post game, and then I can't, I try to do these locker room or uh, now green room chats that are fun. My I love my co-host Josh to death, but uh, I have to like drag him to it because he doesn't want to do it until he starts talking, and then he talks for like 40 minutes. It's great. Josh is <laughs> Josh is a riot. Uh, you guys are following Bobby Corrala on Twitter. Mavs daily ceiling. It's a roof bunch of Mavs.com pods follow that. They are still available online, but we'll see when they actually you just need, <laughs> guys. Y'all just need to download Twitch and just follow the Twitch account for the Mavs. Yeah. We're, we're going to be doing a lot of stuff on Twitch starting once, basically once training camp starts, it's going to be, it's going to be pretty cool. So got some, got some big plans. Maybe Isaac will be a part of it. Who knows? Maybe, heck, maybe even Kirk can. We'll, we'll see. Kirk, Kirk said no. You're one of us, dude. It's it's you're one it's of us now. now. <laughs> you're part Guys, of the family. You heard it on this podcast right here. Kirk let's, let's wrap face. our our arms around each other and put on our blue tinted glasses and just enjoy the ride. You know, Kirk Kirk Serious Face is part of the Map State Media, and he loves Christoph Porzingis. <laughs> you heard it here first. Guys, thank you for a great show. Thank you, Isaac. Yep, it's fun.